What's going on, guys? It's Seth back with another Defense Wins Fantasy, part of the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. We've moved on to the AFC as far as our divisional breakdowns go. And we're going to start with the AFC South tonight. First on the docket is going to be the Tennessee Titans. My breakout player is Aziz Alshair, former linebacker of the San Francisco 49ers, came over to the Titans in free agency. Last year, he was primarily a backup to Fred Warner and Dre Greenwall, but in 2021, he played most of the year in the place of an injured Greenlaw. What did that mean? 102 tackles, two sacks in 13 games. Monster numbers for Al Shire. With a season in between real playing time, my gut tells me that Al Shire is a bit of a forgotten talent when it comes to IDP. But he can be a big-time tackle guy, big play guy, and is going to be on a team that has two rookies throwing passes in his division with Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud. There's bound to be some opportunities to make some big plays. Al Shire has the capability, he's proven the capability, to play at the elite level as far as fantasy IDP goes. And he's on a team that we're not 100% sure how good they're going to be. Yes, they do have DeAndre Hopkins now. Yes, they still have the Yeti Derrick Henry. But it's still Tennessee. We'll see what happens. But as far as tackle guys, Al Shire is the only linebacker I'm touching from this team. My bust player is Harold Landry, linebacker. Typically more of an outside linebacker edge type guy. But... He's coming off an ACL injury last year. First game of the season, I think. Just brutal for the Tennessee Titans and Landry. He should be back on the field. Obviously, it was early in the season, so he should have the entire you know, recovery time frame set up so that he should be okay. But I, I think he won't be close to that 12-sack season that he had in 2021. He will be fully recovered, as I said, but that doesn't mean much if he's trying to live up to an expectation that's just not going to happen. And the fact of the matter is that he's starting training camp on the pup. That's clearly a cause for concern because he's had, like I said, enough time to be fully recovered. Granted, preseason pup is, you know, on, off, jump on and off, all that kind of stuff. So maybe it's not really that big of a deal, but it's enough to keep an eye on. My gut tells me he's going to be a a player that has intermittent good games based only on sack numbers, which will lead to an inconsistent scoring. And at the end, a lot of issues for your fantasy team. So Harold Landry, linebacker, is my bust player for the Titans. I'm just going to let somebody else take care of him. And I want to do apologize. I have been fighting a cold that's really... A little tough, so if I uh, take a break to drink some water, it's just so I don't cough in your ear. So I'm going to try to avoid that at all costs. My player to watch for the um, Tennessee Titans is very similar to last year because it is the same guy as last year. But it's Rashad Weaver, defensive tackle, defensive line, whatever. They kind of play him around a lot. He's a very interesting cat. Available for a lot of positions, which means he isn't... Great at any, maybe? I don't know. But 
in very limited playing time last year, he had five and a half sacks and 27 tackles, which is not great. But if he gets more playing time in year three, he could be an absolute steal in fantasy. But he also kind of seems like he's stuck in a rotation, so really it's kind of a time-will-tell thought process here. It feels like, you know, another New England Patriots defensive line kind of rotation aspect. Vrabel has that in his arsenal. So Weaver is the guy, but if he starts getting more playing time, look out, this guy could be a monster. Five and a half sacks is an impressive number, so it's worth looking at and worth paying attention to Rashad Weaver. That moves us to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and my breakout player is last year's first overall pick, Trayvon Walker. DN, linebacker, as long as he's D-line eligible for your team, then I'm going to be willing to take a chance on him this year. And honestly, it feels like it's a bit of a short putt. He was the number one pick overall. But Walker had, what you would say, a modest rookie year. He started, you know, guns blazing on the first game of the season. You're like, oh, man, this guy could be could be something. And then he kind of malaise through the rest of the year. But moving into year two, the expectation for the Jags are to be winning most games, which should help with sack opportunities. So I feel like it's a pretty simplistic thought process to say that he's going to get more than 49 tackles and the three and a half sacks number should go up. Because that's not real hard to improve upon, right? And he's going to get the opportunity. He's still not my favorite, you know, defensive lineman from this draft. I've made that abundantly clear. But I do think that he's going to have fantasy implications this year and is going to be a valuable asset at times. Last year, he was, for the most part, not startable. I feel like this year, he's going he's gonna to get more opportunities to get into that, that role of fantasy, startable, have more DN2, possibly a few blow-up DN1 games. So Trayvon Walker is my breakout player for the Jags. My bust player is Rayshon Jenkins' safety. 2022... Jenkins had just a magnificent season. An explosion of stats for him. How much? He had as many solo tackles as he had total tackles a year before. He had games that just were weak winners. Let's be honest, weak winner games. But then he had a lot of games that were meh. Just kind of ho-hum. I didn't goose egg you, but I didn't do much more. My gut tells me that Jenkins will be solid, but he's not going to be as good as last year because I think, you know, lightning struck in a bottle with him and he had some games that are going to be stuck in people's memories because they either had him and he won you a week or you played against him and it was just absolutely brutal. But Rayshon Jenkins, I think, takes a step back this year, a little bit of regression on the big plays. And ends up being a bust based upon his draft value and based upon his points per game from last year to this year. Now, my player to watch is my breakout player from last year for this team, and that's Devin Lloyd, linebacker. First five weeks last year, he was linebacker five on the season. Then the second half of the season happened, and everybody that drafted him in Dynasty was just beside themselves. What 
happened? Well, Chad Muma stepped up and earned playing time that took some of uh, Lloyd's opportunities. But honestly, it was just a really odd situation. It just was just kind of funky. I don't know. Lloyd has the talent, and I believe that he still has all the ability in the world to be a great linebacker in this league. But he is in a tough spot right now. Foyasade Loken is the tack is just tackling everything that moves. He's basically the Danny Bateman of this defense. And if he's if Lev, if Lloyd's gonna be sharing playing time with Chad Muma, how does this season play out? This is why he's in my players to watch. I think Lloyd will finish respectively, but I don't feel super great about the situation right now. It's a tough pill to swallow if you drafted him high in dynasty leagues last year. He's still going to be a playable asset, but he's not going to be to the top potential I think he has this year. So now we talk to the, about the Indianapolis Colts. And my breakout player on this team is Quiddy Pay, D-lineman. It's a third-year D-lineman. It's a nice window to be in. Started to show, you know, pass rushing prowess last year. He's coming off a season where he had six sacks and 45 tackles, and that was in some limited time packages type stuff. He should improve on these numbers in 2023. Yannick Dockway is no longer with the team. Pay should add more snaps per game. And even with a rookie quarterback at uh, Anthony Richardson throwing the ball, I expect this offense to be better than it was last year, at least offering some more sack opportunities. Honestly, most of the pass rushers in this division have a very, very good chance of getting more sacks than normal because the Colts have a rookie, the Texans have a rookie, and the Titans might have a rookie quarterback. That bodes well for them to have a poor shot clock, which means more sacks are coming the way of the defenses playing against them. And that's no different with Quiddy Pay. So even if the offense isn't better with the Indianapolis Colts, he should see a bump in his points per game. If they are better on offense, he has more sack opportunities. If their offense is still bland and not very good, he'll have more opportunities to get tackles. One way or the other, Quiddy Pay should have a bit of a breakout this year. My bust player for the Indianapolis Colts is Kenny Moore, cornerback. Last year, we saw Kenny drop a bit in the uh, points per game category. And it's not due to lack of play or poor play. Quite the opposite. Moore's been playing very good at corner. Kenny Moore has also moved last year from the slot to outside corner. And him no longer playing corner or nickelback costs him a ton of tackles, almost 40 less than he had the previous year. He also didn't have one interception last year. Now that regression might go back into the positive because he had four the year before. But as his role with the team has changed, we need to understand that his role on your fantasy team needs to change. He's no longer an auto start at cornerback. And I am to the point where I don't really want him on my team unless we have to play corners. In that case, maybe. But I'm looking at the nickel corners to play that spot. And if he's not lining up in the nickel spot, 
He's not going to be on my fantasy defense. Now, my player to watch for the Houston Texans, or sorry, for the uh, Indianapolis Colts, I'm jumping ahead, is EJ Speed, linebacker. Just signed a two-year extension with the team. Shaq Leonard is coming back after a miserable 2022 season that was filled with injuries. He only played three games due to back and neck injuries, which are very scary type of injuries, especially for a guy that is his career is head-on collisions, right? On top of that, Bobby Okereke left, the, left Indianapolis for the Giants. So in walks the newly re-signed EJ Speed. He's been getting better and better every year. They brought him back because they trust his knowledge of this defense. He has the ability to be the next man up if Shaq goes down or never makes it out on the field in the first place. If you have Shaq Leonard on your squad, or even if you don't, you need to go pick up EJ Speed and play the waiting game. My gut tells me he'll play sooner rather than later. And even if it's not this year, if you're talking dynasty, I don't see how they pay Leonard next year. I just don't see how they're going to do that with the playing ability that they've been getting out of him. You know, injuries happen and it sucks, but it's also a business and the NFL is not going to pay somebody the amount of money that Shaq's under contract for to not play. So EJ Speed is my player to watch. Moving on to the Texans, my breakout player should be obvious. It's Will Anderson Jr. Listen, I've talked about this guy so much this offseason, I feel like I, it's almost too much hype. Do I care, though? Hell no, I don't. Anderson comes in as a polished pass rusher to a defensive-minded head coach that was coaching Nick Bosa last year. All right? He plays in a very weak division when it comes to offenses, even his own, but still. Will Anderson won't just have a great rookie year. He will have a great year compared to all D linemen. Ten plus sacks feels like a lock to me. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I am, but time will tell. Because it just feels like this guy is going to take the league by storm and dominate his rookie year. So Will Anderson Jr., defensive end, outside linebacker, D lineman is where you're going to play him on your fantasy team, is my breakout player. My bust? Player taken last year? And I believe the exact same spot as Will Anderson? And that's Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback. He was a top pick for the Texans last year and had a you know very predictable rookie year comparative to his timeline of college. He got hurt, which is what he did his last two years of college. And honestly... It's becoming his calling card. Do you think the Texans regret taking Stingley over Sauce? 
considering that Stingley played nine games last year and Sauce like was an all pro corner. As I always say, the best avail- ability is availability. And Stingley just has not proven to have that. Not in college, not in his one year of the pro. He's going to have to earn that respect. When playing, he was solid. He had a pick and 43 tackles and five passes defended in nine games. My concern is is I just don't see him as reliable. If you have him on a dynasty team, maybe try moving him. I wouldn't be touching him in redraft. There's other players that just have more consistency. I'd rather go with them. But Derek Stingley, that's my bust for the Houston Texans. And finally, my player to watch for the Houston Texans is Christian Harris, linebacker. This guy again, right? He was my player to watch last year. But the thing is, the Texans brought in Denzel Perryman, which I thought was an interesting move. I personally think he's a better linebacker than Christian Harris. But the big question that looms over everything is, what happens with Christian Kirksey? Still a solid player, the best linebacker to own on this defense last year as far as fantasy is concerned. But do they start the rebuild and put Harris in the lineup over him? Or do they cut Harris before the season starts? Sorry, do they cut Kirksey before the season starts. My apologies. Christian Harris, the last four games of the season, three of them were just monster fantasy games. And if this trend, if this is the trend, then it could be a great late round addition to your team. This is one where you really need to pay attention to what they're doing in camp, who's getting first team reps, and pay attention to those cuts. If Kirksey gets cut, I'm all in on Harris having a great season. But if he doesn't, then it gets a little dicey, right? You know, we'll have to see. Maybe they're going to go with a three-linebacker set. But if if it's the same defense that the 49ers have played, which is where D'Amico Ryans came from, their head coach, you got to expect it's going to be two linebackers that are going to be fantasy relevant. Just like I said, Al Shair was the backup to Greenlaw and Fred Werner. Who's going to be the backup and who's going to be the starters in this defense? That's what we have to understand. So there we have it, the AFC South. I know it's a little quick, but as I said, it's been a a little bit of a rough week for me as far as health and being able to breathe. So I wanted to make sure I got it out to you, but next week we'll continue on with the AFC. And until then, remember that defense wins fantasy.